G'day and welcome to episode five of the DQMH podcast. Today's podcast, we have a special guest from France. His name is Olivier Jordan, uh, and he is the founder of Wovalab. Welcome, Olivier. Thank you, Chris, and uh, thank you for having me. So, Olivier, why don't you give us a bit of a background about you and Wovalab? Yes, uh, of course. Uh, I've been working with Blabview for more than 20 years now. And uh, two years ago, I started, I started uh, Wovalab, uh, my, my own company. And we offer design and uh, Labview development for any application in the industry, uh, research, etc. And we also help other LabVIEW developer or team of developer to, to improve their, their workflow. We, we can do LabVIEW training and uh, also help them to uh, better share work in a team, improving their workflow using uh, source code control, uh, implementing continuous integration or continuous delivery. Excellent. So tell us a bit about your customers. What sort of problems do your customers face? Uh, obviously, uh, they face problems with acquisition and uh, data processing and how to display data. But they are really specialists of the field of work. But when it comes to speak about how they can improve their process with software, uh, with new software, depending on their background in the computer science, they had some issue explaining what they really want, what they want to help them. So uh, part of the problem is trying to help them define what they want and how we can add value to their work. Yeah, so you, yeah, it's not just helping them write a LabVIEW program, but it's also helping put all the tools around it. Yes, exactly. And yeah. perhaps they are facing another issue is how they are going to maintain their software uh, in the, mm. the years mm -hmm. that, that come and how they can add feature, uh, new feature, uh, use uh, other hardware, etc. Yeah, good, good. So uh, is there any specific industries that that you're targeting or that your customer base is in at the moment? Honestly, I'm just working with people that want to use LabVIEW uh, as uh, their main tool. And uh, I'm really open to any different kind of industry. And I, I, part of my job uh, and the way I'm, I'm really happy to, to do it, it's learning from my customer about what they are doing and how I can help them. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. Can you help us paint a picture of what your typical solution might look like, Olivier? Yeah, if we talk about tool I use, uh, I use to, to help my customer, I, I obviously use LabVIEW to, to provide the, the software. Uh, I can use also uh, databases, etc. but main tool is LabVIEW. I also use GitLab uh, for the project management, for tracking the issue, tracking the requirement, having mm -hmm. the source code control, uh, doing uh, continuous integration, uh, etc. But uh, more than tools, I'm really, um, I tend to use 
agile uh, principles. The, this is something uh, uh, that gives me really excellent results uh, with my customers. Uh, and Are you doing that with every project, Agile? Yes, I try to. I try to. Uh, I have some customers that uh, have really uh, straight uh, way to, to work and it's difficult to, to work with uh, Agile principle. But so far, this is something I, I use for 90% of my uh, hmm. project. And, uh, you know, uh, Agile uh, is really part of the DNA of the, the company. Uh, if you uh, let me explain what Wovalab stands for. Please do. The, the rule of uh, Wovalab stands for uh, working and the, the VAR, it's valuable. And uh, something I, I really want to, to give to my customer is working software. Uh, that add value to their uh, engineering expertise. Uh, and working and valuable are two words you can find in the agile principles. And um, that is something that cool. gives me the, 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 the way I want to work with my customer. Yeah, I, I like that. And I guess the lab is self-explanatory. Yes. <laughs> As in short for lab view. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So um, that's really interesting. Tell me though, how does DQMH help you? Uh, when I, uh, I think about uh, DQMH and uh, the, the main qualities of DQMH, I think about standardization, uh, testability, and uh, the fact that is it is a public framework. Public by, you mean it's open, it's out there, it's free. Yeah, can, it's free. Anyone can download. Yeah, and and, and I, I I need to to give my customer the the freedom to to work with other company. I don't want to to tie them to to a solution I I, I create just for Wobalab. And this is some a piece of of mind uh, for 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 mm, them, mm. And, and we know that there is company all all around the world uh, able to work with uh, DQMH that know how to use it, and uh, yes. there's a lot of users of DQMH. So uh, my customers are really uh, free to to work with uh, any other developers, mm. and uh, and this is something I really want to to give to my customer. I like that. So tell me about, the, you talked about the three qualities there. So that was public framework we just spoke of. So tell me about standardization. Yeah, you know that uh, DQMH provides you uh, many uh, scripting tools that, that help you to create uh, modules and requests. And this is something that helps you keep in consistency in your development. And when uh, it comes to maintain uh, your code uh, over the year or just about readability of the code. This is something really great. And, and when you work uh, with different developers, uh, keeping consistency is really a, a good point. And that's uh, mm -hmm. something DQMH framework uh, is uh, really helping uh, for. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, at Wired in Software, we now have uh, four LabVIEW developers and um, so consistency across projects really helps. You know, anyone can jump into a project that they haven't been uh, involved with up to that point and can 
pick up what we're trying to do pretty quickly. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big plus for me. Um, so what about testability? Uh, testability is also something really uh, useful because uh, modules come with a, a tester. So you can reinforce the quality of the code. Uh, you can, uh, it's easy to debug uh, and test. You can debug the, the module just uh, trying the new feature you, you just added. Uh, and but also you can use this tester with the the whole application, and uh, you have this for each module. And as you said, when you are uh, many developers working on different projects, it's really good to have the the same tool and to be sure that when you it comes to help someone to debug, uh, you have the same tool for any module, uh, and uh, that's really, that's part of the philosophy of uh, DQMatch, I think, and that's, uh, as far as I know, oh, yes. that's the only framework, public framework, that have this uh, kind of philosophy, and, and it's really great, uh, yeah. it helps every day. Yeah. Uh, do you use the unit testing um, feature of the DQMatch tester, and, and what unit test do you, is that something you do as part of your development? Yes. Or uh, does that depend on what each customer? Yeah, I, I tend to use Karaya to to do unit tests because yeah. uh, uh, I test Chikai uh, unit tester. I test the, the LabVIEW uh, unit uh, tester framework. Uh, and Karaya is the for me, the best one, because you can use it as you use it uh, without the unit tester. Uh, let me explain uh, mm. with an example. Uh, I, I used to doing uh, some small VI to test part of the code. This is something I yeah. always did in the past. But with Karaya, you can just add two or three VI uh, in your code, and you have your unit test running uh, on this uh, small VI uh, you, you you did, and, and you can uh, use it in uh, continuous integrations too. So that's mm. for me uh, so far the the best way to do unit tests uh, with LabVIEW. Yeah, and it seems like it's a growing uh, active product, Karaya, and that's something we're checking out as well. Uh, so, do you think do, do you see yourself using DQMH for every pro project, or only some? Yes, yes, I, I, I do use uh, DQMH for every project. I, I can see two use cases where uh, I'm not using uh, DQMH. The first one is some customer can call me to to do the the fireman. They have something that goes wrong in their code uh, that mm -hmm. block everything uh, in the production line etc so we need to to act really quickly so we need to fix the code and you don't have time to refactor anything so i'm not using dqmh here that's uh, obvious uh, use case and the second one is sometimes my customer have their own uh, framework uh, they have their own yeah. development guidelines so uh, I stick to the to yes. their guidelines, obviously. 
Yes, same with us. Um, so thinking about DQMH, what, what do you think, um, what sort of application types do you see DQMH being best suited for? I think that uh, when you have uh, different processes, uh, you need to run concurrently, you need to clone, and you need to call dyna dynamically. Uh, DQMH is really mm -hmm. well suited for, for that kind of uh, application. But more than the uh, technical uh, part of the application, I, I find that DQMH is really well suited when you have a team uh, of developer and uh, you need to share your work and you mm. need to work with people with different uh, lab use skills and DQMatch is really simple to learn adding something in a module uh, you can explain that to a junior developer really uh, quickly and in the, yeah. the same Part two, you can use it to do really complex architecture. And, and so uh, you have a tool that uh, everyone can learn and uh, understand really quickly. And that's really important. If you need to onboard a, a new uh, junior developer and uh, you need to have a one month of training uh, on the framework, uh, it's not really efficient. That's right. Yeah, like we appointed someone new at our company only last week you know he's really experienced in LabVIEW and he's picking up real quick but the great thing is I'll be able to say to him okay we want to just create a DQMH module that does this one thing it talks to an IDAC card or it talks to you know another device and just go you just you just concentrate on writing that one DQMH module don't burden yourself with trying to work out the whole architecture yet let's just get that dqmh module and start there and and it's self-contained and um it's a great way to, to get people on board and they can be doing that and in the meantime i'm working on that higher level module that's more at the application level and he might be working on the the device that when the application needs so together we can work together in parallel um, and not step on each other's toes when it comes to source code control and things like that, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, so tell us, tell us about some of your best applications where DQMH proved itself. As, as we said, uh, I worked uh, on a project last year. It was a six-month project, and I, I helped company to to build a, a new software application to to monitor test bench and uh, we we've been six or seven different developer working on the, this project and uh, they didn't mm -hmm. know uh, dqmh before working uh, on this project and uh, as a technical manager leader of the project uh, it's been really uh, easy for me to onboard these uh, different people on the project. And uh, that's something uh, that was really successful uh, on this project. And uh, DQMH helps a lot. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's a good reason to stick with it then. Do you have any, what, what sort of data or evidence have you got that can back back up what you're saying there? Is it just anecdotal or do you, is there any anything you no. can sort of... You know, it's... 
it, consider? It, we can't really compare objectively the use of one framework or another framework, but mm -hmm. because we we should have made the project with two different frameworks to compare uh, the results, but we, we obviously cannot do that. Uh, but uh, the feeling based on my own experience uh, is that without DQMatch on this specific project, uh, it will be really difficult to uh, manage all the team and to, to keep the consistency yeah. of the code. And uh, probably if you want uh, one data evidence measurable uh, thing is that the customer uh, I worked for uh, last year asked me to help them uh, to improve their, their work. So they, they seem really happy of the work done uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, that's the only evidence I, I can share with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's not something that's always right there. Um, it's just good to. It's interesting. Um, uh, I think you know when I was talking to Sam, he was saying he he tried two. He started a project, one in Active Framework and one in DQMH, just to see how far he'd get. He said in the end, he actually selected Active Framework for that particular project. But yeah, I guess that without doing something like that, where you you know, applying two different frameworks head to head, it, it really is hard to compare objectively. But um, yeah, customer feedback is important. And if they're happy with things, then that's a pretty good sign. So talking about DQMH applications and, and extending DQMH, first of all, how do you go about your DQMH design? The, the, the first point uh, about designing uh, an app uh, is, I think, is not related with the framework you are using. Uh, as we said uh, at, in the introduction, uh, the first thing to do is to, to gather and understand all the needs, uh, the most of the needs uh, of uh, your customer. This is something uh, probably the most difficult part because you, you need to understand the the, the context of the, the application, the context of the business, etc. And, and something, it's not just technical uh, related things. So when you have all these things, you can start designing your application. And for me, everything is done on uh, the whiteboard. So I start designing modules. Is there any modules needed to to do this kind of thing or this kind of uh, acquisition or, or display? Uh, mm -hmm. Does the module is a singleton or clonable module? Uh, is it a, a new UI, etc.? And after that, how the data going from one module to another one to another one, and uh, uh, where I have a request, a podcast, etc. I did yeah. the first draft of the of, of this on the whiteboard. And after that, I check and fix. Uh, and until uh, mm. it's not really uh, fluent with the, the needs and uh, you can uh, reply to any question, how you are going to do that? How are you going, how are you, how are you going to, to do this? Uh, I'm just repeating this drawing on the whiteboard, check, fix, drawing, etc. What if you're working with a, a, your customer and you've got a team of people working together? Like, are you putting this down on paper somewhere? Is there, is there a design document? 
awesome. Do it, do it. Instead of on whiteboard, you've got it in PowerPoint. At the end, at the end of uh, this, the 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 pragmatic thing I I like to do it's just taking a picture of the whiteboard because yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, this is a, a really big one and taking two or three hours uh, mm-hmm. doing a PowerPoint of this honestly uh, it's really rare to that uh, give you uh, that add value to to the development. You can keep the the, the whiteboard uh, until all the the development, and you can make modification on the whiteboard. It's really easy, mm-hmm. uh, and now you can share really easily the pictures. So uh, I, I I I used to be really pragmatic uh, with this kind of documentation. It's always moving, so you need to have something really yeah. easy to to change and to fix. Okay, that's pretty cool. So um, let's tell me then, how are you extending your DQMH development? Uh, that, that that's a really great question because I I, I, I was really pleased uh, this summer to release uh, one uh, of my first uh, open source project uh, and uh, it is completely related to DQMH because it's uh, a project that help you generate the documentation of your LabVIEW project and uh, as soon as I use DQMH. The first version of this project is completely related to, to DQMH. So the project the project is named uh, Antidoc. You can, with three or four clicks, uh, have a complete documentation of your project with the, the list of modules, the relationship uh, between the, the different modules with a really beautiful graph. And at the end, you can obtain a, a PDF or HTML file. Uh, and th- this is something uh, I use it on my last project. Uh, I'm the first user of this project, and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I-, I-, I made a, a project. Uh, it was more than uh, 800 uh, hours of development, and uh, in one click and probably five minutes of processing, I had uh, more than 400 pages of documentation with graph for each modules and my project uh, it's about uh, 40 uh, dqmh module and for each module i have the description Mm. of the module and uh, it's really great to have this documentation ready up to date with any changes uh, i can make on on the project yeah so to clarify so it's called anti-doc it's available for a download free download from VI Package Manager, I presume? Yes. Yep, and it's an open source project. Yes. So if people want to get involved, they can jump on, is it GitLab, GitHub, where is this it? Is, this is a GitLab project, and uh, definitely if uh, anyone wants to share idea, uh, give feedback, uh, or open an issue because they, they have uh, some problem using it, uh, feel free to, to go to, to GitLab and, and create a new issue and I will very 
be pleased to to answer and, and and to get this feedback this is something uh in the open yeah. source project uh when you have feedback on your project is really uh, uh it, it helps you to continue develop the the project so uh so um i have had a little try of it uh, granted i haven't tried the latest release i think i tried the first version um and yeah what it does everyone is basically you've got an entire project if, if you've written it in dqmh especially it's it's uh, very much geared towards that but i pr imagine you can use it for non-DQMH, just general lab view, can you, Olivier? Yes, you, you can use it uh, on a project that, that didn't have a DQMH module, but uh, so far it's uh, really, uh, it, it gives you value if uh, if you use DQMH module. But uh, I, I'm planning to, to add support for um, object-oriented programming so we can have the UML uh, class diagram and perhaps in the future on right. other public framework like uh, actor framework or other one. Yeah. Now, for the listener's benefit, if you are developing um, DQMH code and your customer requires you to have a document that explicitly explains what that code is doing and a detailed breakdown of every module, of every class, of every library um, that your code's calling, as well as an, an overarching, I, I like to call it an architecture diagram or a block diagram showing the, the, the core modules and how they connect with each other, then you have to check out Antidoc because once you've got it installed and set up, you, you basically just run Antidoc and point it to the DQMH project that you've done, and boom, you've now, you, you know, within a few minutes, you've got a PDF or a HTML, depending on what you what your requirements are, that basically documents your entire application. Now, it's leaning on, of course, the fact that you are doing the the right things during development, which is documenting all your library functions and um you know in the vi description and and making sure you're putting all the descriptions in the right places as you go in the coding but what this is doing is it goes and extracts all that out puts it into a nice formatted document and um, if you've ever had to write one of those documents you probably spent days or weeks on it well this thing cuts that down into what five or ten minutes um, as long as you've Done all the right things as you've coded. Yeah. Um, I, I, so as you point, uh, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. As you point it out, uh, this is something. If you need to to do it every time you change your code, uh, it's really time uh, expensive and cost expensive. So, uh, mm -hmm. and with this tool, you you can have an up to date documentation. And one. Yeah. More thing about this documentation, it can help you if you, your customer requires you uh, this kind of document. That's the first use case, one of the use cases. The second use case is mm -hmm. onboarding a new developer in your uh, development. You can show him really quickly the relationship between the different modules and point yeah, a specific sure. yeah. module uh, and explain 
uh, him how it uh, works with the other part of the code. And the third use case uh, I can uh, see, and I already spoke with someone that used it uh, for that, is just doing a design conception review. Because sometimes you can see things mm -hmm. that you that it's difficult to see in LabVIEW. Some relation between modules that yes. they don't need to exist. Yeah. For, for Well, so when I ran it for my project, it, it automatically highlighted to me a couple of little things that I'd done wrong um, that, you know, wasn't obvious at the time. And it, it might have been I had a, a, a number of... Uh, VIs that were just not linked to any library and so when I wanted to when it went to create the relationship diagram or the architecture diagram uh, these VIs were just sort of floating around and cluttering up this diagram and I thought right well, well I've got to move those VIs into the corresponding library they belong to and that cleaned up the, the diagram and you know some other little things like making sure that the naming of the, the modules made, made sense, not using any silly or fancy characters in the naming of events and things like that, like an ampersand, like taking that out of the names. So it was good to pick up on those sorts of things. That's great, great uh, feedback you, you, give, uh, you give me, uh, Chris. Thank you. I've just got to uh, get to the new version, Olivier, and uh, give it a shot. Yeah, um, this new version, uh, if you are using uh, continuous integration, the 1.1 version is really helping you to uh, implement uh, anti-doc uh, in your uh, continuous integration uh, process. So Yeah, so every time you do a new build, you've got the updated documentation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Um, uh, myself personally, I haven't quite moved to use doing continuous integration yet. It's something that I'm hearing a lot about and we're starting to understand a little bit about what, what it all means. But, uh, you know, your average LabVIEW user is going to just pull up the tool from LabVIEW and apply it to the project they're working on. Um, so I'd like to know uh, when I was setting it up, there was a there was a bit of setup. Is is that something you're looking to improve? Yeah, you, you're right. Uh, the, the tool rely on uh, ASCII Doctor toolchain to render the the final document, so the HTML or the PDF. And this is something. So that's what's that called? ASCII Doctor. ASCII Doctor, yes. And it's a really great tool that can take a a, a text file. Uh, written with the uh, ASCII doc syntax and render a beautiful HTML file uh, and a beautiful PDF. And and so that's the, that's the heart of this tool, right? That's So what your tool's doing is grabbing, analyzing the LabVIEW code, creating a text file, and then injecting that into ASCII doctor to get ASCII doctor to turn that into the HTML PDF. So it's sitting on top of ASCII doctor that makes that, makes that part of it easier yes. to create that document. Yes. In fact, the, the tool stopped at the ad hoc file creation, so the text file creation. After that, you have to handle the, the rendering. But uh, there's a, a really simple way to, to get the final rendering. It's using Chrome with an extension 
called ascii.js uh, and with some okay. settings you can just pick your text file open it in chrome and have the html rendering if you want to have the pdf file or something different or more mm -hmm. customized uh, you have two choices it's installing the ascii doctor toolchain locally and render it render the file provided by the antidoc uh, tool or if you are using ci you can call uh, docker's image uh, that have everything installed to produce your pdf so that yeah. part is probably the the most difficult part to set up but uh, mm. when uh, i designed the tool I choose to not reinvent a way to generate a, a documentation because I know that people want different formats, want to customize things, etc. And uh, ASCII yeah. Doctor Toolchain is really great to that. And you know, I, I'm a pragmatic guy. Uh, if there is a tool that do the work really great, I use it. And uh, yeah, I think it's the best workflow we can have. Uh, well, it makes a lot of sense to to leverage something else that's already doing a lot of that for you. Yeah. Uh, so tell us then, um, Olivier, what's next for Antidoc? What what tell us about what you're working on with Antidoc? What what can we expect? The the thing I really want to add is the the UML uh, diag diagram uh, class representation, uh, as we have for for the DQMatch module. Uh, I would like uh, to to have the the, the class uh, hierarchy representation because I'm used to doing software with DQMH module and classes, and this is mm. a part that missed in my documentation uh, at this time. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. the first the first uh, feature I want to to release is this this thing i want to uh, improve the parsing and the the thing you can find on the dqmh module i'm i'm thinking about error code for the module i i would like to have the the list of error code for each uh, module for example yes and uh, oh that'd be great yeah, yes please i think i think it, it will be great <laughs> And, uh, and and I really want to open the tool to any other public framework. I, I'm thinking about uh, actor yeah. framework. Uh, I didn't really wow. use it, but uh, I think uh, more, the more people uh, are using uh, Antidoc, uh, the best uh, it yeah. is. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think I really love LabVIEW and uh, sometimes I, I can hear things about LabVIEW that it's not a real professional uh, development language or etc. This kind of thing because it's graphical mm. etc. And also because yeah. of the lack of tools that could help you to like to, to get something uh, that could fit with quality recommendation etc. And with Antidoc you can have a, a, a documentation, really a valuable documentation, uh, uh, really quickly and uh, in an automated way. And I, I really want to yeah. to add this to the LabVIEW ecosystem. And uh, if it can help us as LabVIEW developer to 
to have LabVIEW as a tool for our customer, uh, it, it will be great. Yeah, that sounds really good, Olivier. So what I, what I wanted to know is um, when, when it comes to the UML diagram, I mean, is that something you can connect with you know, or, or take advantage of to up existing tools like OpenGDS to, um, to help with the creation of the UML aspect or... Yes, uh, I understand your question. I don't really know well the GDS toolkit. I, I know it. I, I saw some uh, some demo, uh, but I think uh, I, I don't think that uh, GDS toolkit is uh, can create diagram I can use in the Antidoc. My my plan is to generate uh, another syntax generate the diagram with another syntax that can be embedded in the ad hoc file. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I'm not really, I, I, I don't have the, the final design for this uh, feature. I, I have some proof of concept. I know I can do it. I don't know how I will implement it in, in the, the tool. Well, I'm looking forward to that because certainly what we do at Widen, we've got we always tend to have, especially for our modules that are managing, you know, devices or instruments, we'll, we'll usually implement a hardware abstraction layer with a class hierarchy that gets called by the DQMH module. So that would be really neat to have that, yeah, documented side by side. So you can see here's the DQMH module and then that sits on top of this whole class hierarchy. So yes, looking forward to that feature. That's the um, plan. <laughs> <laughs> moving along, uh, let's talk about learning DQMH. How do you bring up your team or your customers or people you need to teach DQMH? How how are you how are you going about that? I think that the the the, the first thing to do when you didn't know about DQMH is watching Delacour's video. The, they've done a, a really great job uh, on the documentation and. and you can get pretty everything you need to, to start uh, watching video uh, on the Delacour website. That's mm -hmm. the, the first thing uh, I would say to someone that didn't know DQMatch. After that, if you are onboarding uh, someone in your team, I would just ask him to, to add a feature to an existing module because he already have something working and uh, just adding a feature uh, will help him uh, understand uh, how a module is working. He's going to use the tester to test his feature. So he's going to to get the, the philosophy of the DQMH uh, framework. Okay. Uh, I'd like to just draw the listener to to the Delacour website as well. There's this as part of DQMH5, Fabiola added uh, a how to learn DQMH section to the DQMH documentation. And uh, there's some good learning paths that she's highlighted there. Um, and depending on what suits you, there is some guides on how about how to go about that. Talking about uh, DQMH, do you feel that there's any drawbacks to DQMH at the moment? Are there any traps for young players that you see? Uh, I, I, I have, I found that sometimes 
people, when they start using DQMatch, don't really understand uh, the difference between a request and broadcast. So mm -hmm. I've seen people using broadcast when it... it uh, Should be the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's perhaps they didn't read that much the documentation or perhaps they need just more explanation of the difference between request and, and broadcast. That's for me the... Mm -hmm. The big points uh, I, I can see, and, and uh, for this is something more for junior developer. I think it's an issue for junior developer. Uh, for the more experienced uh, developer, uh, one issue I can see is uh, experienced developer already used different framework or mm -hmm. uh, have their own way to share data to 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 deal with the with LabVIEW. So uh, you need, when you start uh, using DQMatch, you need to follow the DQMatch principle. If you need to uh, ask something to module, you need to use a request. And don't use a different way to, to, to pass data between modules. And uh, if mm. with the DQMatch principle, you are not uh succeeding to tackle your issue probably you are in one of the corner case where the QMH is not well suited for your application or perhaps you have a, a design issue uh, and so you can probably hire uh, one of the DQMH trusted advisor company to help you with the, your design but uh, anyway, you, you, you need to, to follow the DQMatch principles. If you want mm. to do what you are used to do with other framework, it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, I, I just have a point to make on, the, on your earlier uh, comment about understanding the difference between a request and a broadcast. For us, uh, for me, really what it comes down to is if you've got two modules that are talking to each other, you you have one module request things of the other module and the other module um, only broadcasts. So you don't do it the other way. One only one can you can only request one way, and that might have a request and wait for reply, of course. Uh, and then the other way is a broadcast. Um, you can't you don't do it in both ways. Otherwise, what you end up with there is a circular dependency, and um, that can cause all sorts of interesting. Um, problems. I think it's so, a great tip. Mm. Um, do you tell tell me about a, a DQMH moment that you got wrong? <laughs> One come in mind. It's uh, I didn't use it earlier. <laughs> I should have, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't possible. But uh, definitely, uh, I should have used it earlier. Uh, speaking of uh, doing something wrong uh I, one time i i use a request with reply uh, in the in its own module uh oh, yeah. MHL. so i was waiting for the reply for a long time <laughs> <laughs> so i think everyone could make this mistake but uh once you did once uh, you you are not going to repeat 
uh, it's mm. because uh, that's just uh, a deadlock and uh, you need to understand that it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> well, you won't make that mistake again. What do you see any potential drawbacks with DQMH or maybe a you know a type of application where you just think you know what I can't use DQMH here? Honestly, I've been using uh, it for for two years now, and I haven't found uh, any uh, any drawback that prevent me to use DQMH uh, for any of my projects. I, I'm mm. not saying that uh, it's not uh, existing, but uh, from my experience, uh, I don't see uh, real drawbacks. You, you still have a, a, a way to to make things work. Looking ahead, you know, what problems do you think are yet to be solved when it comes to DQMH? Uh, I think DQMH is really uh, mature and robust uh, framework. Uh, it's uh, five years old uh, framework, and we we have a lot of tool and a lot of uh, way to implement uh, our mm-hmm. architecture when you use DQMH. But we we know that Delacore is still improving DQMH and we can uh, expect to have uh, more uh, scripting tools to help us with uh, repetitive tasks. We can think about uh, create, creating a, an helper loop in a module. Mm. Create, I think that's, a, uh, that's an idea exchange, that one. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I think uh, it, it will be implemented in the, the next, uh, in the future version. I, mm-hmm. I don't know which one, but I can think about uh, creating error constant. It's, it's not something really difficult, but sometimes you, you need to know which number you already uh, mm. uh, give to other error. And I think a tool about that be great. We can speak about uh, private requests, etc. So there's still something to improve, but it, it's really mature. You can use it for any project you have. We're getting close to the end here, Olivier. I'd just like to wrap things up with asking what what's next for you and your DQMH journey? Uh, for me, uh, I, this is something, you know, I, I, I created my, my own company. It's a really young company and I really want to, to continue working with people and lab you teams to help them work better uh, and to see them using uh, lab you uh, and creating uh, uh, incredible uh, application that that's the first point uh, and concerning uh, my little baby uh, antidoc i really want to to watch uh, DQMH users uh, using it uh, and having something uh, more with this tool. And uh, I really want to improve the tool, continue to improve the tool and, and add feature. That, yeah, I look forward to um, that as well. Can you finish off by giving the listener um, a bit of a, a bit of information about how to go and learn more about Antidoc or to give feedback to you about Antidoc? Um, the, what can you tell us? The best thing is to go to vipm.io uh, 
and you will have the the link to the there is a, a small website that show you the different uh, release and explain you mm -hmm. what uh, release uh, gives you and you have the link to the the GitLab uh, GitLab project so you can uh, add uh, issues and, and we can share and I can uh, comment the issue and uh, if you want to talk to me uh, you can also uh, use uh, my LinkedIn profile and I, I will be more than happy to to discuss uh, and to share about uh, Antidoc. Well brilliant so um, Olivia Jordan thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today uh, I've really enjoyed it our chat um, good luck with Antidoc and um, onwards and upwards with DQMH Thank you, Chris, for having me. Thank you.